Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and back with me again is JD for another week. How are you, mate? Not so bad. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, busy. You enjoy the racing on the weekend from uh, Spa? I did. I love it. Uh, anyone that I spoke to this weekend was basically heard me say how much I love the track and that I think it's the best track that we go to. It's pretty it's good so track, So much history. It? it looks beautiful. I really would love to see that in person one day. Yeah, a mate of mine was there actually over the weekend. It was, um, it, it looks, some of the photos he puts up with the crowds and stuff mm. and that, it's amazing. Oh, it just, so much orange this year. Ah, oh, yeah. So many hot McLaren Honda fans. Oh, exactly. Yeah. According McLaren to, um, Honda fans are getting out there, aren't they? According to Alonso, you sneaky little <laughs> post that he did on Instagram the other day was like, oh, look at this. Good to see so many McLaren Honda fans are out here supporting the team. Just to clarify, they were actually Verstappen fans, but <laughs> well, what would be more depressing at the moment to um, to be a fan of uh, Verstappen or Honda McLaren? Mm, it's a hard one, isn't it, mate? It mm. seems to be brewing a little bit in the Verstappen camp there. I'd I'd probably still go with uh, Honda because it's been going on for so long. Yeah, Verstappen's still got many years ahead of him to win a championship. Alonso does not. Yep. I think it'll be building on him pretty bad, and uh, all the seats seem to be the music stopped, and all everyone's trying to sit down, and no seats available for him other than McLaren by the looks of it. Yeah, it's really looking like he will have to be at McLaren. I just don't see anywhere else available to go. Earlier this week, Ferrari announced that Sebastian Vettel signed on for another three years. Yeah, that's um. I didn't actually expect it this soon, to be honest. Um, there's that that was a big uh, announcement over the weekend. It was a bit of a rumour on a Friday, and then Seb come out and confirmed it, I think, Saturday morning, that, yeah, he's been signed on for another three years. Yep, and actually, literally, as soon as we finished recording the last episode, the news broke that Kimmy signed on as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I was a little surprised at. Um, I think it seemed that the team dynamic works really well. Yeah, Kimmy's happy to be number two. Yep, Kimmy... Happy to get paid lots of euros, turn up, live the lifestyle. Get to drive a Ferrari, be a Ferrari driver. Yep. Have a fast car and uh, and go racing. So, he's still no slouch. He's still getting pretty decent results. Well, he was fastest out of uh, most of the, the weekend mm. in the Ferrari camp. He just had a bit of a drama in qualifying that didn't really show his true potential. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was he was quite quick over the weekend and uh, he's still no slouch in the... In, uh, the the fast times, obviously, in practice and that probably doesn't count too much, but uh, he didn't have it all it's his own way. Your confidence. Yeah, you it get does. get a couple of faster laps, you're like, yep, that's good. Uh, one driver that I noticed um, that said he might not be on the grid next year is Verline. Yeah, Pascal. He thinks he's going to go to DTM. I think that choice has been made for him, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Pascal's not really performed well enough Um Although that he has outqualified his teammate and beat uh, scored more points and everything, uh, beaten um, Ericsson pretty much in every way. Yeah, he doesn't bring. Um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't bring financial backing like uh, Ericsson does to the team, and the team obviously Sauber is a, one of the teams that needs that financial sponsorship to yep. keep them going. Uh, and Ferrari have a young GP2 driver that they want to start developing into possibly a, a star of the future, and all the rumours are pointing towards uh, Pascal out and this young fella going into it's, their seat. It's really weird because Ericsson's not that, no disrespect Ericsson, but you know he's not that great of a driver. He hasn't really set the field alight. He brings the money in. Where you've got Verline, who was a Mercedes 
young Mercedes driver who Mercedes put the time and effort in to get him into Formula One, and now because he doesn't have the backing, they sort of he's just left to hang out to dry. And I think he's said he's yeah going to drive Mercedes in DTM for their last year before they leave and go to Formula E. It is such a big thing, this isn't it? Like at the start of this year in uh, January, you would have said he was one of the most uh, likely drivers to go into the Mercedes seat. Yeah. He, well, he didn't was quite have the experience, tipped. but he is a Mercedes development driver. He has won the DTM World Championship for Mercedes before, mm-hmm. um, but he obviously just didn't perform well enough last year to get that seat. Yeah, because after it was that a real... was gone, he sort of hasn't hasn't had a shine. He had the injury from um, Rock, Rock, yeah, yeah race, race of, of champions. champions. Um, so. And the start of the year was really lackluster for him. He just, he turned up not fit and I just think it he just took, was not good. He took the, it was really weird because you look at Ocon and Verline were teammates last year. And when Ocon went to Force India and Verline went to Sauber, you're like, well, I know who won out of that. Yeah, the choice was pretty much made last year. I heard Martin Brundle say a few things last year about Pascal and I don't know, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't, overly complimentary about him to be honest he said mm. that he just basically wasn't cutting it he should have been doing a better job than he was and then uh, you'd look in the points and stuff like that and there wasn't that much between them that i thought he was doing that terrible of a job i never thought he i thought he was actually doing fairly decent for uh, was last year was his first year in the yeah i think he'd filled in for a race or something the yeah. year before but and done testing and stuff like that but yeah really interesting stuff because ocon only had half a season last year mm. um and I think, I don't know, that it, there must be something that maybe we don't see in the public and maybe Martin's heard from the teams and stuff like that. But they just the team didn't seem overly happy with him and he got moved on. And obviously, uh, you know, Ocon found greener pastures yeah. at, well, at Force India. Quite well in the Force India. He's doing really well. But oh, he's doing everything a great job, considered isn't he? with what's going on, which we'll touch on the Force India's. A little bit later. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, do you reckon some of these younger drivers that get picked up by the likes of Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, sort of once they get into their young driver category, do they, they might not chase the sponsors as much? Um, I'm not sure what it is. I think some of them, maybe they, they their target has been Formula One. Mm. And they've got to Formula One, they've hit their target. I don't I don't know. Most of these drivers, that's not true for most of them, to be honest. They, they're pretty thirsty and they, they want to strive to be the best. Sometimes maybe too thirsty with the lack of experience, mm-hmm. making um, bad judgment calls and mm. stuff uh, and get, getting judged harshly for it. But yeah, I, th- I think maybe, I don't know, th- that some stuff's definitely gone on. Maybe he's had his confidence taken away from him or something like that um, via, you know, Ocon entering the team and all of a sudden becoming the team fav- favourite or whatnot. Yeah, just Something's destabilised him and he's never come back from that. Yeah, well, see, he never really did... When he got injured in the race of champions this year and he come back, he never was super impressive as such. He no, hasn't... he made a few mistakes and stuff like mm. that too. Um well, it was a bit weird when he, he he didn't hop back in the car and everyone was saying he was fit to race, but he said he wasn't ready to race or something. Yeah, that there just was seemed not... to be too many, I don't know, I didn't believe everything that was going on if he wasn't race fit or if there was like, nah, this person's paying more money 
you know, yeah. it's Sauber and Sauber are having, well, they've been an interesting year this year for them. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, and and you can't always trust what they say. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a bit weird because you look at some of the drivers before, you know, that they have broken arm, bloody cut the arm cast off to go racing sort of yeah, thing. Like yeah. They're desperate. These, not that it's that easy anymore. You know, a, a, a doctor, if you're injured, a doctor has to give you approval to go. But Pascal was the one that put his hand up and said, look, I don't think I'm ready. And everyone's got to respect that. They may, he might have had some issues. His neck might have been sore. There might have been something he was worried about. But it just, uh, it, I don't know. There was a few rumors going around that there's something else going on. Well, maybe if he does the next year in DTM, we know Mercedes are going to Formula E. He might just have his eyes set on that. It's like, well, I could be a Mercedes factory Formula E driver. I feel like that is very much where he's going, yeah. Because um, I think Formula E is actually going to become... I try and watch Formula E at the moment, and I just laugh when they change cars and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's developed oh, it over, is. It over is. the few years. We're at the infant stage of Formula E at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, everyone got to remember, these cars... I remember when Formula E was first announced, and I was talking to mates and that, even Mitch, um, we are talking to him about it, and we are like, ah, oh, do you really think this is going to take off? Do you think this will work? And it's showing that it is. I'm not a huge fan of their tracks. I think let's race on real tracks, not these little tight street circuits, or make them a bit wider if you can. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I think they're going in the right direction. I, I can't remember exactly which year it is, but there's going to be a year where Formula E mandate that each car, every car has to be able to make the one, the race in one Charge. car. Yeah, yeah. You can't jumping, changing cars. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when it'll become a bit more interesting. Yeah. I mean, all the best to Verline. If this is what he's doing, it can be. Yeah. The, the one thing I worried about him was if he wants to be a Formula One driver, I don't see him going to DTM and coming back. Oh, no, I think this is done. This is the I last th that we will see Verline in a, in a Formula one. 1 car. Yeah, so a bit of a shame for him because um, he did look quite prom promising when he first started. It mm. just hasn't gone well ever since. Well, that was a nice big long intro. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try and cull that down. <laughs> no, no, we're not culling that down. That was all good. Okay. Everything was informative <laughs> and on topic. Okay. You got your piece of paper here this week? Notes. Notes. <laughs> What are your notes, mate? What are we doing? We talk about practice. Well, where, where do you want to start? I didn't see too much of practice. Um, I was going to talk about one of the issues that I did see from practice. Actually, was the the tire shake that a few of the cars were getting on the on the uh, start straight. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that live. I saw them all talking about that pre-race. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, I didn't realize the gro the how starting grid was how gro like yeah, it was. Big grooves in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I can't remember which car it was. Was it a F Force India? I can't remember who it was. No, it wasn't a Force India. I can't remember for the life of me who who it was. But in practice, one of them, uh, it the vibration from it actually ended up breaking the end plate off the wing. Oh, really? Yeah, just on the rear wing. It broke That's the end crazy. plate on it. So yeah, it was pretty uh pretty pretty big. The Force Indias were running really little wings. Oh this yeah, weekend. they were very they quick were straight line. Yeah, yep. Um, they developed a special wing for this weekend, but rumours are it's more of a double whammy. They're taking the same wing to Monza. Yeah. So uh, that that seemed pretty smart. Uh, also, it's one of these tracks that you're not going to pass mid corner if you can get a few more kilometers an hour in a straight line. 
it's going to be very hard for someone to get up the inside of you in the braking area. So they 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 could kind of sacrifice a little bit of corner pace for straight line pace because then they could pass cars. It made up in the race. It did. It did. Um, they were pretty honest with that too. They said, "Look, we don't see ourselves as, you know, going." down that way we we, we want to be a, a competitive race car not necessarily the fastest qualifier mm-hmm. um the other thing i took away from from practice was jolly and palmer was outdoing hulkenberg pretty much every practice yeah and doing a great job some really respectable times for him f- sort of the first time this season i've seen him look at one properly with the oh, car he looked really good this weekend on the Saturday, he was great Unfortunately, yeah. he had the, was it a gearbox or? Yeah, I think the gearbox let go in uh, Q3, yeah. unfortunately. So and that pushed got... him back down in the grid to start. But yeah, his, other than that, his performance for that was fantastic. It was exactly oh. what he needs to do to keep his job. Yeah. Because he's another driver, he'll I don't think he'll seat. be there. Um, but yeah, great job. If he drives like that till the end of the year, you know, you never know. He might keep his seat mm. unless uh, Alonso comes knocking. Well, that is an option. It is an option. I don't... Look, there's something we probably should have covered pre, pre uh, going into this, but the uh, rumours you would have seen as well, the rumours flying around about um, Alonso will not race from the car and if they have a Honda, regardless of how quick they make the Honda by the end of the season. Yep. And he wants them to go to Renault because obviously he had such a good relationship with Renault and I think Renault would like wouldn't mind supplying Alonso an engine, but, uh, well, obviously Just Mercedes. Alonso's car. Well, and, you know right, what And I mean. then Stoffel's car can have the <laughs> Honda in it. Yeah, <laughs> keep developing Honda. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the I don't, well, Ferrari definitely and Mercedes definitely have uh, said, go away, don't come knocking in our doors, we're not going to help you. Yeah, I think Renault's one of those ones that's like, yeah, man, we'll help you. It's... Um, it be interesting to see. He's starting to change his tune a little bit, I found. Mm. Oh, After that's a weekend. very good team. They're a very good team. But yeah. he's still being very vocal about the engines. But you know, He says we're he the likes best team. the team. He says McLaren is, you know, there's so much history for it. It's one of the best teams on the grid. He loves the team. He gets on really well with the guys. I think he has no issue with the actual team and, you know, the management side of it. It's just that engine that's just letting him down so much. Because other than that, the car is a good car. Yeah, and once again, it, it, and it come out this weekend. Obviously, it was going to such long straights. But there was a, a few points where they looked like they were handicapped in the car. Um, and Alonso quite severely. let us all know about it. Yeah, he did. He did. Alrighty, I guess we'll, yeah, we're jumping we're into about, race, I think. Should we go to... Well, while we're talking about Alonso, yep. a bit of a race topic as well, but... Do you, uh, what's your view? There's been some rumors come out that Alonso maybe retired the car when the car was not damaged. I have seen the reports on motorsport.com about saying Honda couldn't find an issue with the engine. Yeah. There was yep. nothing wrong with the engine. Yeah. Th- th- apparently um, there was a computer glitch. I've, I've read conflicting reports. Uh, Honda, th- 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 that's... That one is correct. That Honda found no problems with the engine, and, yep. and they couldn't see anything in the data when he was out on track. But he was complaining of an issue, and he asked to retire the car. One of them was apparently, don't know if it's true or not. I'll put that out there to begin with. But apparently, he was going flat through a section of the track where Honda hadn't um, 
perceived that he would and in the mapping something glitched and it was pulling power from the car or something something was going wrong with the car because they basically didn't think that the McLaren was going to be capable of doing what it was through there and yeah. how they must uh, map their energy through the through the track or whatnot. So um, feeling like he's trying to go for less power and, and then it, he's feeling it going, hang on, I'm losing power here. Yeah, and so he's foreseen that, oh, I've got a, an engine problem, there's a failure here, and he wanted to retire the car because of it. The so. interesting thing was he asked if it was about to rain just before he retired the car too on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Um. Is it going to rain? Because I might stay out if it's going to rain. Yeah, if it's going to rain, you know, I just put it into a wall. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, for him to retire, I don't know. He didn't have a good race. I don't I don't think he's the type of person to be like, this race sucks. Everything is just stuffed. No point being here. I'm going to retire. I don't know. I've questioned it so many times this year when he's retired, whether he, several things I've questioned whether he had had enough of being passed and then possibly going to go towards a lap down and whatnot, mm -hmm. and he's retired the car, or uh, Alonso tells his engineer quite often to piss off uh, in sometimes not as nice words. Um, and he runs, and I think he's been running the Honda sometimes at a higher power level than it probably should be for fuel usage. It. And he is burning through fuel and engines. Um, so having one mechanical failures because he's been running at a high power mode, two running low on fuel, and then uh, having to retire the car because there's no way they can make it to the end of the the, the race. The Hondas are the the least efficient engine. This sounds an awful lot like the V8s when the Nissans come in. Yeah, we need a minimum fuel drop now. To, yeah, <laughs> to, you know, to it's get everyone on level. Equalize it. Yep. So, but yeah, that that's the the thing. So I just yeah. want to get off my chest. <laughs> yeah, no, they feel free. But yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think it might all come out in the wash later on. Yeah, next couple of meetings, two or three meetings, and I think we should. Uh, I think we might have a locked in engine supplier for McLaren next year. Mm. Uh, it's it's something that we need to know, and I just think it's too. Well, it's getting too late for the. Obviously, I'd say they know. They probably know. They're just not releasing anything. Bec at the end, after Alonso retired, he said, let's see in a couple of weeks where we're at. Yeah. And we don't know if that was to do with where he's going to go, where what Honda's going to do. Um, we've just been told by Alonso, wait a couple of weeks and see where everything's going. So that's what I'm going to do. There's no point worrying about it. Other people can worry about that. All right. Enough, enough speculation. Enough speculate. Oh, you want to speculate you about something else? Okay, <laughs> let's speculate. What do, what do you want to speculate against? Before we get into the race. All right, speculation uh, corner. So, the FIA released new rules, um, God, must have been a couple of months ago now, in regards to oil burning. That's a no-no. Yes, they gave them a minimum amount of oil they could burn. Uh, sorry, maximum amount, not minimum amount. Uh, of 1.6 litres of oil, I believe. These are just off the That's top of my head. That's a fair bit of oil. Per 100 kilometres. So and races are over 100 kilometres. About two, 200 k's. Yeah. I think Singapore is the longest. So they basically have um, given them the minimum or maximum amount of oil they could burn. Any engine introduced after Monza has to drop down to 0.9 of a litre Per hundred kilometers, so it's quite a drastic a drop. drop. That's about two hundred mil drop. 
I think it was one point six. Oh, one point six. So you so drop it's about like seven hundred mil. So it's a good third, a bit over a third mm-hmm. of volume of oil that's going to drop per hundred kilometers. Which rumors are that's how Mercedes is getting their qualifying mode and high power mode to work as they're oh. burning oil at that at that stage to cool combustion temperatures and get rid of knock. Um, Ferrari well, there was got foiled. Yep. They're, they're obviously Ferrari. Wasn't that also here. because they had a compartment? They had a separate tank, tank just, just for, burning. for burning oil. Yeah. yeah. And labelled burning oil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super secret they burning just, oil. Don't tell anyone. They just put midnight oil on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they um, they were had a separate tank, and one of their engineers left Ferrari yep, went to and went to Mercedes, and then he's told the FIA all about it. They've gone looking in the right spots, found yeah, that it. was I can't remember what race it was, but it was a couple of races. Uh, ago. yeah, it was a few races. It was a while ago, ago. and um, Mercedes, no one. No one knows how Mercedes is doing it, so they can't just point at the AFA. Look there. Yeah, yeah. It must be coming from their actual oil, otherwise it wouldn't be working this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's apparently caused a little bit of a riff between Ferrari and Mercedes, and they have um, that Ferrari's basically got the shits with Mercedes over the whole the whole topic now because they've they no longer can do their high power mode with the oil burn yeah. in qualifying. So they don't so have They're that. trying to work out how to get Mercedes to stop. Yeah, and Mercedes has deliberately introduced their last engines for the year. Yeah, I was going to say, so this is now they're a requirement fourth. for any new engine as going in the car as of this race meeting. This, race meeting, this, weekend. this weekend. So, so if you put a new engine in the race meeting this weekend, you have to have it at the new, new regulations. But if, so if Mercedes can manage to keep the same engine for the next six races well they can still use their old engines so they put an engine in early at mileage that they didn't need to put it in just so they can get it, it this is did the they know up. this was coming obviously i don't know yeah that, so they all knew this was coming as of three months ago or something when the fia changed the rule and mercedes has planned it put in this new engine before the ruling changed so that obviously for the rest of the year they can use the mm. same spec engines I think this was actually an upgraded spec engine as well. It'll be interesting if they blow an engine. I guess if they blow an engine, they're just going to go grab one of the old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I think they've got engines they can still use for race meetings um, that aren't over hours sort of thing, over over. But then every all oh, next year is all these new... Yeah, so the, right. the, the 0.9, I, I can't remember if it drops even again, might even drop more next year from what it is. Uh, Why don't the they just say this year? no eng- oil burning? I mean, I guess you're going to burn a little bit. Yeah. Th- you're always going to burn a little bit. Uh, even your road car yep. s- will burn uh, you know, a little bit. That's why we're you should always check low your RP- oil. Yeah, very low RPM, but yep. compared to a race car, you know, we're, we're talking chalk and cheese, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and they run dry sumps and all sorts of things, so they probably can control it fairly well, isn't it? But it's something that... Yeah, it it will be a defying sort of uh, Do you moment this for the will year. Tarnish Mercedes if it comes out that that's what they've been doing. Uh, well, Toto Wolf has already come out to say that this is not the reason, but I don't believe anything they hit, well that they say for these reasons. You know, yeah, because you know they they tell the truth all the time. Oh, yeah, all race team teams principles do. are just a hundred percent honest. Yeah, exactly. So, 
they they know the rules and they they've used they've done it a hundred percent to the rules. Uh, yeah, well, it's no different than when the uh, Red Bull came up with the blown diffuser, and other teams like, how's that legal? You're like, well, it doesn't say we're not allowed to do it. Yep, it was the same with in 2014. I think it was they put a hole in their floor. Yeah. And uh, it didn't come out for, I think, about four or five meetings until one of the cars blew up or something. They picked it up on a crane. And, and obviously, as soon as that happens, every photographer with the high-resolution oh, cameras only need photos to look, underneath that You need car. to look in, like, Australia, uh, when they race in Australia and there's a car crash. Like, I think it was, was it, um, Alonso did it once, where he crashed the car. I think it was in practice or something like that. And he was actually was on the front of the car, keeping the down. nose down. So you didn't see underneath the cars because all the photographers at that stage, like all these cars are brand new yeah, and they know teams will pay money for high resolution photos of underneath these cars. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars Mm. um, being thrown around for a good photo of a bit of tech that they didn't know about. And that's basically what happened. Um, The FIA come through and clarified the rules because it wasn't against the rule, but they said, okay, You it's interpreted the rule differently to how we wanted you to do yeah, it. Yeah, this is we intended the rule to mean this. You've looked at it and seen that it doesn't 100% say that, so we've changed the rule now. You can no longer run that. Mm-hmm. Cover your hole. Cover uh, your hole, Mercedes. <laughs> no, nah, that was Red Bull. Oh, Red Bull had the yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah so, that's something Red Bull would do. Yeah, well, that Red Bull have always been one for pushing... Um, the boundaries. The boundaries, yeah. And this is all that Mercedes Well, that's why Ferrari Red Bull's cars crap this year, because they had that adjustable suspension thingy. Yep. And it was the same with uh, Mercedes, apparently, but I guess they must have got on to... This uh, oil burning. The second, <laughs> this, yeah, well, they had Their a bit of a... Their second sneaky thing. Yeah, they had a bit of a power... Um, well, Mercedes have help. had a power advantage for the past four years. Yes, it's true. It has. Uh, it's, a, it's been a bit old Do you have topic. any other speculations you want to talk about? Uh, no. No. Sounding confident. All right, so qualifying. Yes, mate. Got any talking points? No talking points from qualifying for me, other than Palmer Palmer did a great job and then just really struggled. Oh, and what's going on with Williams? I know. They were nowhere. This was a track that they should be really slippery. Yeah. And I where are they? Lance Stroll, 18th, and Felipe Massa, 16th. It can't be good. Yeah, it can't be good for well, trying to get sponsorship that. and stuff like, like that. Our cars were not good today. Yeah, it's 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 really perplexed me because years gone past, this is a good track, and so is Monza for them because they build slippery cars, efficient cars. Yeah. Um, normally, they're one of the fastest in the speed traps, and they're just looking not bad. there at the moment. Bad. Yeah. Um, Daniel Ricciardo's been out-qualified by Max a few times now. I think a this few. is like eight this y- season. Yes. Uh, it's definitely the deficit's going quite high. This is going to be the first. That's the first time any teammate's done that to Ricciardo. Out-qualified him eight times in yeah, the season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that doesn't really, but I'm not that worried, to be honest. And I don't think Ricciardo is because he's like, doesn't matter, I keep finishing. I think it'd be worrying for... It worries me, and it, I think it'd be worrying for him because it, it does affect what other teams are looking at. Yeah. But points mean prizes, and qualifying doesn't win you any prizes. So there's no money in it for uh, bonus pay or for the team. Mm. Um, I don't know if Max is just 
clicking with the car a bit better or he's able to pull a little bit more from the car? Because it, it's pretty consistent that he's been beating Daniel lately. You know? And Daniel, I don't think's lost too much of his shine, but uh, yeah, he just seems to be doing a better job in qualifying than, than Daniel is at the moment. Mm. And he can't seem to finish a race, but unfortunately for Max, yeah. that's it's something that he's had great pace this year, but it's just not turning into anything for him. No. And Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton had their little fight again in qualifying, but Hamilton come out on top only by a point two of a second. Yeah. I know in Formula One that can seem a bit, but, you know, they're much quicker than everyone else that they're racing. Yeah, well, and that that's... A bit of a weird one, isn't it? Like, look how far Valtteri is away from him. Valtteri's half a second off his teammate. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big deficit. Um, and it it's the same with uh, Raikkonen. I know Raikkonen had dramas, and I know um, Bottas did have dramas with well, not dramas. They set his car up a bit differently to Hamilton's. They the teams are not hiding it anymore. They've got a, a they've got both double. teams. They've got a rear gunner. Yep, and that's what they've. That was all over the commentating this weekend. Yep. yep. They both got rear gunners. They're both going for that defense tactic now. Yep. They get one car out. That's the only, I mean, we'll, should we jump to the race? Yeah, let's jump into the race. Jump to the race. All right. Hamilton. Who do you, I was watching the start. Commentators were like, oh, Sebastian Vettel's off for a great start. And I'm looking at it going, well, then why is Hamilton pulling away? Yeah, I, I I think Crofty I just got thing. a little bit excited. Yeah, I um look, I'm not the biggest fan of Crofty in general, to be honest. Um, Martin Brundle does a great job, but I think Crofty's just fill, fills in a dead space. Yeah, not, not that I'm I, saying I, that we're. I, I think we've we've I think we talked about this a little bit before. I I feel a little bit more inclined to align with Crofty <laughs> as in I'll talk crap and not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think sometimes he says things just to feel like air. Yeah, but then sometimes he will say something and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see a bit. And other times, yeah, he will say something and you look at him like, did you even think before you opened your mouth? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's true. Um, I agree with you 100%. It looked like Lewis had that from the start Mm. all the way down to the corner. Um, Maybe their point of view from their box maybe is different. I'm not sure where they sit at that track. Um, but it definitely looked good for him. Well, the top drivers all got away quite well, and Alonso. Yes. We're talking about this car that was underpowered. He was right on the back of the Red Bulls for the first few laps. He did a little bit of a cheeky He did cut. a cheeky, yeah. <laughs> we talked about this last episode. When you're trying to go up that hill, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to keep it in the white lines. Oh, yeah. He, he managed to go a little bit all four wheels about, Half a meter to the Car and a half of width off. Yeah. <laughs> he straight lined it a little bit more than he needed to, but good on him. There was that like, one look, racing incident. Him not, and himself got it, in the way. Yeah, it's not like Alonso to uh, push the rules at, at all. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was really entertaining because Max, Daniel, and Alonso were all sort of getting into it a little bit. Um, yeah, and they like at the start, when they're all on cold tires and stuff, the uh, McLaren looked pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um it was quite good. Obviously It didn't I'd take too long for him char- to fall off. Don't think it charges as well or something. There's something going on with his power delivery because he was right with them at the start of the race. But as it went on, it just seemed to drop away. Maybe he had to start conserving fuel so straight already. Away, yeah. That dropped him away. I'm not sure what it is. 
maybe because he was sitting in the slipstream so close and as they dropped him a little bit from the slipstream, you know, he was losing that sort of half a second he was gaining down the straight mm. because they're physically four-tenths or something off oh, yeah. down the straights. Then he got sort of stuck with, was it a Renault and a Force India? Yeah, and the McLaren. I got a great, I seen a great photo of yeah. the three cars. It was some, uh, someone posted yeah. it up and was like, I took this photo the other day and it's like, it's really good. And very distinct colored cars. You've got the orange, you've got the yellow and you've got the pink. But nice, clean racing. Three wide. It was a pretty crazy move it was, down that straight. Double toe. It showed you how lack of pace the McLaren had. Yeah. Well, you've already got the slip. You've got that Force India that was quick in a straight line coming up the inside while I think Hulkenberg was trying to go around the outside. Yep. It was fantastic. Good to watch. Good television. Yeah. And the other thing on the, that one of those opening laps with Alonso, what about Hulkenberg passing Alonso? Oh, yeah, around the outside. outside. I was like, holy crap, you don't do that to Alonso? (laughs) Yeah, and then Alonso was not happy about that. (laughs) No, he wasn't. He got it back. But still, that was pretty impressive pass. Mm. Um, Yeah, really good pass from Hulk. Was that coming into the bus stop? Yeah, it was. was. Yeah. Nico did a a pretty good job actually in qualifying as well. I didn't we didn't touch on him, but yeah, he did pretty well. And he's been those Renaults are starting to look like they might be the fourth the fourth team. They're going to start battling it out a bit better, I think, with uh, Force India now. Yeah. And if Force India keep doing what they're doing, we'll touch on. Yeah, well, we can touch on that now because it did happen on the first lap. Yes. um, Well, they're at their old games again, aren't they? Do they have like electromagnets or something in there? Yeah. Multiple times in my notes where I'm going, ooh, cringeworthy watching them race. Yeah, and that one on going into El Rouge, on lap one, where they've touched tyres and you get air or you definitely smacked into the side of the wall and I'm surprised no damage happened to that car. Yeah. Um, it's something... Uh, look, they Brundle was probably not so bad about it. He said, look, you know, he was watching the other car that was beside him. He, you know, it is a, a lot of cars when you're going to... everywhere. You, you, it's very... Sometimes it's very hard to not... You've well, got not, the not driver on the outside contact, but to know where one is. push the driver on the middle. Across, so yeah, he can sort he, of open up the line, yeah. uh, the line. And he doesn't know there's someone yeah, on the other side. he doesn't know that Ocon was coming up the inside. So it was, and even Ocon said, um, I can understand the first in- incident. But it's the second incident that is, well, the first incident was basically three cars uh, went into a place where only one car normally fits. Yeah. Uh, the, the car closest to the wall got a little bit... Um, Squashed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit squashed. A big, big spark and uh, smoke cloud come off his car, but he managed to keep going all, all fine. I was so surprised that they managed to keep driving that car because and that car had no rights to keep going after that contact. Oh, there's a whole thing on the Ocon and Perez crashes. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a whole video. <laughs> there's a whole. Video Sorry, on we're just Reddit. um looking through the. Formula One on Reddit, and there's a um, <laughs> Perez and Ocon 2017 crashes. It goes for two minutes 43. Might link that in the show notes. That's unbelievable. They've got 200, <laughs> two minutes and 40 seconds and that of is, just crashes. That is on Formula One's official YouTube channel. <laughs> you know you're doing a good job when Formula One points the finger. What <laughs> I was looking for is the little comic, but I can't seem to find it now. It was the comic for the 
um, Belgium Grand Prix, which had a Red Bull or a Max Verstappen fan crying on the field with then two Pink Panthers fighting, um, yeah, fighting each other on the track. And I just, I, I thought it would be up here, but I can't find it. doesn't really matter. It wasn't that impressive. Those Force Indias need to do something about this. And I did read somewhere again saying that they're not free to race anymore. Yeah. Um, so they they basically have said that... Oh, yeah, that is a beautiful photo. Sorry. I How just, the hell did they get that from just the... Like that's just from the fans. Yeah, just from a fan. Like They would have been traveling then pretty quick. Well, they're not super in focus. The fence no, is in it, focus. Yeah, it's not the best photo in the world, but it is pretty amazing. It looks they're like they're on lined board up. with um, Alonso. They are too. So, yeah, basically the first incident, everyone sort of was fairly well of the opinion. It was a bit of a racing incident. The second one, it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous, to be honest. Perez needs to give room. I think Perez thinks he's out to center and he's, you know, this is, th- that's a big yeah. statement. I, I know I know it's a big statement, but I think he thinks he's fighting for a world championship or something right here. But what his team is fighting to do is score more points than the other teams that they've t- they're battling. And they're not because they keep forth. coming together and then one car's retiring. Well, I don't even know if either of them finished in the points from this weekend. And that's the second time this year that they've gone from a challenging points position. Ocon finished ninth. There you go. Going from a challenging points position of getting, say, you know, your sixes and your eight points sort of thing to basically no points. Yeah. At, at fault of the drivers, not at fault of the cars. Well, they should have the got drivers. a double points finish. Yeah, they and should have been, been up. They sort should have been 6th and 7th, if not higher, but I don't think they would have got ahead of Valtteri. Yeah, um, so it's just something silly and shows a lack of respect for the team, to be honest, in my in my opinion. That there is selfish. That's the drivers being selfish. I understand drivers quite often are semi-selfish, but that is You have is to be really somewhat semi-selfish to get this far in this sport. Yeah, but this is becoming beyond it's becoming a joke well it's be- it's getting to the point where they won't be able to repair the, their relationships with the team or each other i'm looking at this season going well one of them's not going to be at force india next year yeah and i looked at it from another point of view i'm like if i'm a um team principal do i want either of those they're yeah. already making problems at a lower team where they're not fighting All for right. a championship. Put it this way. You're now, hypothetically, you're the boss of Force India. What do you do? Do you keep both of them? Do you get rid of one? Well, if Upmail you do, said who on do the you weekend, keep? he's like, well, we if we told them if they had another crash, that uh, we might sell them to another team and get rid of them. Ah, yeah, that's right. And he said, which team would they go to? He's like, well, probably the yellow one. Well, he, no. There's no, no other lower, they, there's no higher up Brundle team. said... Oh, which team? Maybe the yellow one. And he said, "Oh, well, there's." And he's like, "There's no higher team." You know, there's the only th- there's only three teams higher than us. Yeah. Um. So the rest of the teams are all lower. I don't know. I don't think they're doing themselves any favors at all. I actually think I've seen something when you were scrolling through Reddit before that was, um, something about maybe Perez linked to going to Indy. Yeah. Do you reckon they want the Force India money? Like the Force India money. Do you reckon they want Perez's 
um, Mexican money, get all his pesos? Well, Perez, to be honest, is not a bad driver. This is the only thing that's going for both of these drivers. Uh, Ocon and, and Perez are both very good drivers. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, but, but see, I can see Perez maybe finishing up at Force India. And going where? He's not going to retire yet. No, but I I can see if he's not going to get all these. I think if this, if um, Esteban Ocon and Sergio Perez can't fix their relationship, say both of them stay on for next year, and if they're doing the same thing, I can see them getting rid of one and probably getting rid of the older guy. I don't know. Ocon, I don't think, brings money where Perez does. Yeah, I know. Um... They did fight pretty hard to keep Perez this year. Uh, I think Perez had some pretty good offers from maybe Haas uh, and Renault. I think Renault wanted Perez over Hulkenberg, to be honest. Yeah, well, Hulkenberg um, done a better deal, I reckon. I think Hulkenberg's done a better long-term deal. Or, don't get me wrong, Force 1 or whatever they're going to be called next year, I think will be um, not so bad either. Um, but... Yeah, it's definitely staring clear of the Haas for now. I think they're gonna they're you know more of a five year plan than a next year next plan. Next year plan. All right. Um, just looking at the time, we're running here once again. We've got to do a <laughs> shorter episode. <laughs> I don't have the time to re-edit well, we're just multiple hour-long episodes and uh, not need any editing at all. Points from uh, the race. The race. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Alonso, great start. Not sounding happy, but touched on that. Done. Max, ah, oh, Max. We did time to talk about that. I'm going to show you a quick video, and I will edit in the audio, so you guys, the listeners, can hear it. Yeah. Okay. I do a lot of things with my driving style, which are very nice to the car. I actually talk to it a lot during the race. Um. <laughs> I massage it. <laughs> I wouldn't call it foreplay, but it's something like that. Um, and Max is young. He's aggressive. He goes straight in. So. <laughs> Isn't Ricardo that a really is a bit good... Of comedian. Yeah, it is a good response for Ricardo because he obviously got asked a question in the press conference about... A tricky question, why, too. Why is it that your car can always manage to finish the races and Max is having these issues? Yep. And what are the... like? The fact that Ricardo can turn it around and turn it into a joke and yeah. answer the question and then get away with it and still be friends with everyone without having to be like, well, why'd you throw your teammate under the bus or anything like that? It was just funny. And it really, he, do you reckon Ricardo's like the ultimate troll? Because He's he really good. trolls um, Verstappen a lot. He's pretty good. Um I'd say he's a, a little bit of a comedian. Obviously, we, we do see a lot of funny stuff from him. Mm. And I'd say most of it's ab lib. I don't think the team is really feeding him most of it. Yeah, they like, go on, do a sex joke, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's, uh, he's, he's fitted in great. And I think it's actually something that's probably helped him getting seats and also might help him after his Formula 1 career, to be honest, because he probably would be a good commentator with his witty, smart wit and stuff like that. Mm. So, anyway... Um, yeah, I don't know why Max keeps crashing out. Yeah, look, it's hard to say, to be honest. There could be things... one of those things, like, is he going to stay at... Ricardo did actually go on to add a, 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 a bit to, um, 
because he was asked it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, he said, I've talked to the engineers because I was worried about his my card to start yeah, doing yeah. these problems. And he said, is like looking through Max's data, what is Max doing wrong? So I can make sure that I'm not doing these things, mm-hmm. not asking too much from the car. And they're like, he's not over revving it. He's, he's, you know, he's not using high power modes too much. He's not doing anything funny. It's just, it's not he working. looks like he's doing the same things as you, but he, it just doesn't seem to be working for him. Um, there must be something slightly different. I wouldn't say that uh, it's all luck. I'd say there's probably something there. Uh, and it's very unfortunate for Max because I can remember back in the day when Weber was having these same problems. Yeah. and Or Vettel when, when Ricardo turned up. Yep. Or Ricardo last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... The, it's it's not only Max that has these. This no, run. And I think it's just over time. You like, we like to think of cars have like we. How do you do? We do patterns. Humans are very good at pattern recognition, and we make up our own patterns. Yeah, fifty percent um, of the races this year he hasn't finished, but yeah, that is getting quite high for a mid part in the season. Like you know, when you're two races in and fifty percent, you haven't finished. Not so bad. Yeah, but when you're <laughs> midway through the season, you've just done. Round oh, eight or whatever. I think he's not finished eight races or something now. Six races. Yeah. No, we're up to like 12 or We're on 12? We're yeah. already. Yeah. They don't tell you. No, nah, they don't. You like, have to literally count them on the side. <laughs> yeah. Like V8 supercars, every race is like race 18, race 17, yeah, see, race they 16. They only name like, Yeah, we need race. to do rounds. Race. I, I believe, and I did like the old round system. No, don't get me wrong. I do like them all getting a trophy for each race, and it does make each race worth oh, a I'm bit more to them. I'm not saying that, but I think it should be like round one, race one, race two. Round two, race one, race three. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's easier this way if they can be like, oh, you run, you won race I 18 still, of I still the think they should have the round on there as well. I agree. I, I like the old-fashioned way, but yeah. anyway, that's, that's just how... Um, that's V8s. just the way it is. Uh, sorry, not V8s. This will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving on yep. from that. <laughs> uh, big thing I actually want to talk about. Trick restarts. Hamilton did good. He did do a pretty good tricky restart. I don't know if mm. you've seen or... Where exactly did he... I've, I've seen it in the highlights. Lifted. So he lifted... Into was it coming into the bus stop and then boom no, go? I think or he was lifted it coming up El Rouge as they were coming up the hill, which made Vettel end up so close to him that he couldn't get a toe. Like there was no gap for yeah. Vettel to get the toe, get a run up, and then get like a four or five k an hour or ten uh, k yeah, an yeah. hour overlap, pull out and pass him. He lifted. He slowed. Then Vettel, would Vettel have had, had to, to lift, lift and, then and they both went up the hill. Like nose to tail, but there's no gap to close and get a draft on. I think that just comes down to good racecraft. It was amazing. Um, nothing wrong with it. It's not against the rules or anything it's like that. It was it was pretty crazy. I, not many drivers smart do it. thing to do. I think um, it's not every driver could pull it off. No, I think he did it in the perfect place, and that I probably wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it. Uh, no, I'm because not. it kind of lost one of the the passing opportunities that in a very lackluster race where there's no, not much passing going on apart from the, maybe a few like at the starts and yeah, restarts yeah. and that. 
Um, but he, it was pretty amazing to get him, see him do it and see him pull it off so convincingly because it could go horribly wrong. Oh, it could have. He could have slowed down and Vettel be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and just yeah. drives around him. Um, um, but, but yeah, no, I think it was, it was quite a smart move. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on from the race for me was uh, that second restart when everyone put the the different tyres on. I think it was exciting. The Ricardo with the uh, ultra, ultra softs, softs definitely yep. was a good move, and I think that's what gave him the pace to. Yeah, because he did that double overtake on. Um, well, there was a Bottas. double overtake with Bottas and Raikkonen. So what was that? Ricardo went around the outside of Bottas. Raikkonen. And then Raikkonen's like, I'm going up the inside. And then yeah. sort of parked his car Paul where Bottas had no Paul Bottas had nowhere to go. And he had, had to go wide and off the, um, off the track. That was good move. I loved it. Was, it. Yeah, it was. And it was good to see uh, Ricardo getting another podium. It mm. was pretty amazing to think. I reckon at the start of that race, I was like, no, there's no way Ricardo's going to get a podium from this. And by the end of the race, it was Yeah, well, I, what I tip him for a race win... He's not, but he's... Well, he's sitting pretty well fourth in the championship now, beating uh, Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen in an obviously much faster car for all of the year. So he's doing an excellent job. His consistency has consistently. paid off. He's like a, um, Jamie, consistently third, but Jamie's always second. Yeah, Jamie's won a couple now. Yeah. He's, doing, he's changed Ricardo's his, his colours. Um, but yeah, I I think it's he's doing really well. He's... um. And he always seems to be there or thereabouts when something goes wrong for mm. someone else. You know, Daniel's putting putting it all together and, and, and getting a good race result. So Lewis Hamilton took the race win in his 200th race. Yeah. He won. Um, Milestone close. weekend for him, to be honest. Yeah, he got well. 68 pole positions, equaling Michael Schumacher's record. I actually um, watched a really interesting little snippet. I can't remember if it was on television or on, on the internet um, of Michael doing an inf- interview. I'm not sure if you would have seen it. Nah. So Michael was doing an interview back. This is obviously back when Michael was just retired. Yep. And I was ar- asking about his record um, pole positions. And he said, records are made to be broken. I don't mind if someone breaks a record. If Lewis breaks it later in his life or anyone breaks it later in their life. Um, you know, that's fine. They're made to be broken. And they're like, well, that, you know, would you be upset? And he's like, no, I'd be happy for them. Yeah, I thought that was so sweet and how ironic that the one person he picked out picked of out the, whole the whole field. field at that time is the person that's done it. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, pretty big, uh, pretty big stuff there. Yeah. Um, Sorry to knock you off. No, that's target. all right. I'm just <laughs> trying to go back to my train of thought. Uh, so, yeah, you were talking about Lewis, just one. Yeah, just so one is 200th rate. Same thing Michael Schumacher did as well. There you, you go. He won his 200th rate. So now there's only seven points, the difference between Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton. Sebastian Vettel is on 220 points. So Lewis Hamilton's on hundred uh, 213. Valtteri Bottas in third is 179, I don't think. He's going to get challenged too much for third. No, I think uh, I think it's pretty well locked in for third there. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting It'll into be the battle season. Battle for fourth here with um, Ricardo and Kimi. Yep. Um, there is a little bit of um, I did hear over the the chat after the race that Mercedes are starting to get a little bit worried about Ferrari. They've got pace back again, so this track was. Not necessarily. This a, was meant to be a Mercedes track. Yeah, and Ferrari were very close, and 
let's be honest, in the race, I'd say if uh, Sebastian was in front of him, he probably wouldn't have seen the back of him after about 20 laps oh. because he could hang in his dirty air and stay with him. Yeah. But once again, do you think it was like Ferrari just did dumb strategy? Oh, uh, look. Two laps after and just pit. And like, I was like, all right, maybe they're going to run long. Running long's not two laps. I know that's an extra 14 Ks. Yeah. Uh, I guess they didn't want to undercut him too early. And I think Hamilton had to do it because his tires were blistering so bad. Yeah. And like, they, w- I'm sure if Ferrari wanted to undercut him, but they didn't want to do it drastically early. And then Hamilton obviously did that. And they, once Sebastian tried to pick his times up within two laps, he started to blister his tires. Yeah. And then um, he had to come in. And then he had to come in. So it kind of forced their hand. I think they kind of got caught in between. And then they tried to use them. Raikkonen anyway, sort of hold him up. But then yeah, as Raikkonen soon as Hamilton got the onto pace. the back, he was just like, boom, gone. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I think the next track will be another Mercedes track. It's Italy. Yep. Um, because just it's a straight line track, unfortunately for Ferrari. But this one after that, Sky, it's going to get better Sky and H- better and better. Sky F one put Monza down as a Ferrari and Mercedes track. Well, obviously they are a Ferrari Mercedes track because it is a, it is a, a horsepower track. They both got horsepower. Um, I'd say we might see a bit different setup for both the cars. Mm. Uh, they'll probably dial a little bit more. Um, downforce out of them because they won't have a corner like El Rouge to to, to tower. With. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much like big. There you, got you need a bit of downforce to go the, flat out through there. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I feel like they are slightly faster in a straight line still. So we'll, we'll see. see. We'll We're see. at Italy. So, you, so basically you're picking Mercedes for the Italian Grand Prix. No, I think Sebastian will do it, but. Yeah, that's that's who I'm picking for this one. I, I think. just look. I think Mercedes will be the fastest. And then we get the there. grazie, grazie. Yeah, and then we can hear the Italian again. We will hear it anyway because I'm sure, unless there's a problem, he will get on the podium. Get, yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like with the, uh, all the Italian fans and the Ferrari, the heritage, I think Sebastian will drive out of his skin. Yep. And I don't think they're going to be so far off the Mercedes that they won't be competitive. I think it's going to be another great race to watch. um, And I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's us. It is. Done and dusted. It is. For this week. We're back next week for the Italian Grand Prix. If you guys did like the show, please leave a review on on iTunes, any podcasting apps where you do get it from. Um, If you have any questions or anything you want to email through, just email them through to us at breakinglate at gmail.com. Just check out our website at breakinglate.com or you can hit us up on Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash breakinglate. Um, we'll be back next week. We will. We will. The Italian Grand Prix should be good. Go go Ferrari. Yeah, well, unless we have an upset, maybe they can run into each other and we can get a Red Bull up there somewhere. Could it rain? Don't know. Toro I Rosso think this won in the Belgium rain. was um, uh, definitely a bit iffy over the weekend with the weather. It was mm. meant to be on and off, on and off, on and off, and then it obviously never eventuated, which could have made a even more exciting race. Yes. Imagine if that had happened right in the middle. We had well, a this big, is something. Big okay, I know we did our little outro, and we're not going to redo it again. <laughs> but um, they quickly talked about in the little bit of practice that I talked about. 
all the commentators were rubbishing practice on Friday, going, why are we still doing it? We did the Friday practice got extended because we cancelled in-season testing. And now we've got in-season testing back, but they haven't taken away some of Friday's practice. <laughs> and Ted was like, I prefer it when it like rains on Friday and no one gets any data and everyone goes out on Saturday blind because the races are a lot better. He has a point. Everyone's a bit more mixed up. See, something when you look down when, the when grid everyone's on the weekend, got two by two by two. Again. Yeah, when you look, when you got Friday's practice one and two, then you got Saturday's practice three, and if it's all the same weather for the weekend, everyone's dialed those cars in perfectly to the point that they're like, "Well, it's the best we can make them." Yeah, yeah. And then it becomes very procedural. But maybe that's talk for next week. Maybe we'll see. Anyway, probably we'll not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you later guys see you next week see ya bye, bye.